Hey everybody, welcome back to the Empire State Conservatives Podcast. I lost track of what episode it was, but it doesn't really matter because we are back. We are, well, we are still banned from going live on Facebook. We are reaching out to you guys on YouTube, and I think we're on Gabe's Facebook page. And if you're on Twitch, we are, you know, thankful that you are the one person listening to us. But before we get started, guys, just a reminder to go visit our website at EmpireStateConservativeNetwork.com for links to all of our shows and to our store, the proceeds of which go back into fighting leftist tyranny in New York. I am here with the infamous Gabe Montalvo, the co-host of the Empire State Conservative uh, podcast. Sorry, Empire State Conservatives. It's been a while, people. Give me a break. Um, We are still, yeah, we are still on our 30-day ban, even though it's been about 50 days, I think, since Facebook banned us. But, um... Gabe, Gabe up and left us. He moved to Pennsylvania because he's a jerk. Yeah, he, he abandoned us. But we're not gonna we're, we're not gonna harm that one. We're gonna move on from that. Even though Gabe Gabe's a jerk and he left us. It's fine. It's fine. I'm not hurt. I'm not I'm not sad about it. No, all right, but let's get into this, guys. A lot of stuff going on. Um, we're gonna start with Sleepy Joe Biden, the president somehow of the United States, is taking executive action on gun violence, which in layman's terms, means that he is going to infringe upon your Second Amendment rights using executive orders. And I've said this before, and I'll say it again. If there's an executive order that infringes on your Second Amendment rights, that is the reason why we need the Second Amendment. If a government is going to take away your right to own a firearm, that is the first step in tyrannical government, and we can't stand for it. But we have seen that he is going to go after ghost guns, you know, the big scary ghost guns that are causing all the crime in cities, which we know, again, is a lie. Ghost guns are not responsible for crimes. Um, we It's illegally purchased firearms, which are completely different as opposed to ghost guns, which are usually 80% lowers, which are then, you know, drilled holes and then built through a rifle kit. And they say that more is coming. Gabe, what do you, how, no, not what, how do you feel, Gabe? How do you feel about this? I want to get into how you feel about sleepy Joe Biden and that soulless ginger circle back girl, Jen Psaki saying that they are coming at they're literally, this is them coming after our guns. Uh, yeah. I don't feel very comfortable at all. I mean, one of the things about uh, moving out to Pennsylvania, I thought that I would have a lot of easier time uh, obtaining and expressing my second amendment rights uh, with a firearm. Uh, you know, especially those, Weapons of war, as they say, the infamous AR-15, uh, you know, because it's a lot uh, easier to actually, you know, obtain that sort of weapon out here. Uh, and I think you should be able to do as in comparison to New York. But now if you have the executive branch, uh, sorry, the federal branch of our government coming down uh, to really what is not only every citizen's rights, but at the same time, uh, overstepping states' rights as well and municipal government's rights uh, to try and enforce how they f- feel. Instead of this, you know, this major government one-size-fits-all, uh, this major band-aid they're trying to combat on gun violence without actually looking at the statistics. We know for a fact that what's happened recently, it has, with uh, these horrible shootings that have happened across the country, uh, they typically, while they are horrible, you typically don't find the everyday shootings that happen in, in the inner cities, not with, you know, rifles, but with pistols. With, and a lot of the times these weapons aren't acquired legally. And that's a very, very big point that we have to look at here. We can't just sit around and say, oh, well, the big black scary gun, painted black gun, that, that uh, rifle, that has to go. But the 
potential hunting rifle that has a little bit of wood on it for you know wooden furbish that might have a heavier a bigger caliber which could cause potentially more damage but these people don't understand that they don't know ballistics they don't know uh gun safety or what a rifle how it's manufactured they just like to see that it looks like an m4 carbine or an m16 and they're like oh well that's obviously automatically a weapon of war it shoots five five six we have to get it off the streets how dare we know that but that's it, not happening. It goes beyond that, Gabe, though. But it goes beyond that because they don't understand the source of gun violence. And they lie to the American people. They constantly say that, oh, yeah, even though these cities have major gun control, the guns come from outside of the city. They come from the neighboring states. Well, then how come those states don't have the same levels of gun violence? It's all garbage. It's illegally bought and sold weapons. It has nothing to do with 80% lowers. It's all about stripping rights away from Americans. It's all about installing a bigger government and having more power. Everybody knows that the first step to creating a massive government is take away guns from the citizens. Everybody. Hitler did it. Stalin did it. Mao did it. Castro did it. They all do it because if the populace is cannot fight back, you can do whatever you want. Look what happens in Venezuela. Citizens get murdered by troops. They get run over in the street. Why? Because no one's shooting back when the army decides, hey, we're going to do what we want to do. That's it. Mm -hmm. It's not about gun safety. It's it's not never just one plan that they ever put forward, ever talk about getting illegal guns off of the street. It's just about outlawing commonly used rifles that the average American gun owner owns. It's never about like, oh, no, we're going to up enforcement in cities and we're going to add police. And no, it's never that. It's ban guns. It's ban ARs, ban magazines. It's, it never works. It's always a half measure. And it's, it's, it's always garbage. It never works. If gun control worked, then every major city would be a utopian liberal paradise with no crime. But that's where all the violent crime is. It's not in the it's not in the rural areas with high gun ownership, or even the cities with high gun ownership, or Westchester, which has high gun ownership. It's always in the major cities with strict gun control because criminals know that they do not have to fear their intended victims. The only way to curb crime is either up in law enforcement, so the criminal fears the police, which they really don't because otherwise they won't be criminals, or the criminal fears his victim. If the criminal fears his victim, he will not commit the crime. They want easy shots. They Criminals are not looking to test themselves. They're not, yeah, let me draw down in the street with grandma. No. They want they, they go after grandma because they go, that woman's 85 years old and I can push her and she'll die and then I can take her purse. That's how criminals think. And it's mm-hmm. so short-sighted and it's so ridiculous that anyone, anyone, Backs the Biden administration's plan on this. It's absolutely ridiculous. The word common sense gun control is, is always thrown around. And it means absolutely nothing. It means nothing. What's common sense gun control? I, yeah. Common sense gun control to me means no gun control. <laughs> I think what we have to look at here as well is also a, a response. A response to the Trump administration. Uh, a lot of people, a lot of you know, Second Amendment Puritans and a lot of libertarians were upset that Republicans, uh, some like like Dan Crenshaw, for example, uh, supported red flag laws, or how um, President Trump, through I believe executive order, said that you know there was a bump stock ban. They said, well, the Second Amendment's gone under this president. President Trump failed us. How dare he? And now Joe Biden wins because everyone wanted to vote for uh, what was her name, 
the libertarian uh, candidate. Joe Jorgensen. There we go. Thank you, Joe Jorgensen. And because she was going to just make everything, you know, government's not going to touch anything. Don't worry about the roads. We'll privatize that. We'll privatize everything. And everyone loved that idea. And next thing you know. She was for uh, medicine. I don't know where people thought she was going to privatize everything. Yeah. I, I mean, it, just the response of a lot of, I'd say, gun Puritans and libertarians where they were like, oh, well, the GOP failed us. The NRA failed us. All of this stuff. The NRA never stood for us. Now we're looking at a, an administration that will pretty much get away with almost anything that they want. Uh, through executive orders and through just the utter, through the Department of Justice, through everything. And I believe that's where Biden's idea is. He wants to just, he doesn't want to go through the legislative branch. He just wants to wield the Department of Justice as a hammer to just knock down anything that, and anyone that stands in his way to stop this. And right now, will we have a GOP that can really take this up and take this to the Supreme Court and, you know, try and fight it out the best way that we know how? I think that we will have some support, but the same amount of energy that was put in on, you know, showing up on January 6th, the same amount of like patriotism and, and care that people put in for Trump needs to be put now into, you know, calling your representative, state representative, saying, listen, I don't like these, um, these ideas. I don't like these executive orders. You need to try and overturn this and lobby your politician. Uh, but we know, see Republicans with no spine before, Gabe. That's how we got the SAFE Act in New York. You have yeah. people like Molinaro, and we're going to get to Ronald's question when we go over to Lee Zeldin. But um, we do have a question from what appears to be someone overseas over on Twitch. I'm going to put it up on the board here. Is it working? There we go. What do you guys think when these anti-gun people say America should be more modern like Europe, where guns are mostly banned except for shotguns for farmers? And I'm going to take this first. And everyone, please excuse my language. I'm going to say fuck that. Fuck that. Because look what we get look what we get in London, right? They ban knives and people get acid thrown in their face. Criminals don't care what the weapon is. So when when, when lawful citizens cannot defend themselves, they are at the mercy of criminals. So whether a criminal picks up a stick, a knife or a gun, if the citizen is unarmed, the criminal doesn't care. We had the thing over in Colorado, um, not Colorado. I think it was Ohio a few years ago. The guy, it was on um, it was on one of the college campuses. He drove his car into a crowd of people, got out and started slashing people with a knife. Didn't have a gun. He injured like 14 people. He had a car and a knife. You cannot ban criminals from committing crimes. It's not going to work. The laws are in place to punish the wicked. That's why we have laws. If you want to stop gun crime, you need to make the criminal afraid of its victim. Gabe, now I'm going to let you respond. Sure. Uh, I was actually going to Germany um, back in 2015 when the uh, NICE uh, attack happened in France, uh, where you had that, um, that radical um, ter Islamic terrorist, uh, I think he was pledged himself to ISIS, he mowed people down in, in a truck. Uh, and he did horrible, more horrible things. They have one and this year too, didn't they? The guy with the knife, didn't he kill two people in a church? Yeah, the same I mean, city. Yeah, and this is yeah. and this is what we see is that in Europe, you like the, the idea is thrown around. Well, we're more progressive, we're a more advanced, uh, you know, society because and a more civil society, but not necessarily more advanced, but we're a more civil society, and that's the general uh, idea that we're more civil because we don't have such uh, horrible weapons of, of war and destruction and. I understand that that uh, how that idea of progressivism has actually like been within the culture, 
of Europe. But at the same time, uh, you still have criminals and terrorists throughout Europe, in throughout the, the whole the whole continent. Um, you know, not only just like throwing acid or slicing you with a knife, uh, but also dropping grenades on people. Like criminals will always find a way to find uh, a way to do what to achieve their goal. Violence will always beget violence, and you'll see people that are really, that I've seen at least in the news, that are really upset at how helpless they, they really can be. And that's why you're seeing the rise of nationalists back in Germany. Uh, you're seeing the rise I mean, of people. You should at least carry a knife for protection. Like, it's, come on, man. It's like, ridiculous. <laughs> I know. I, I agree. You should be able to defend yourself because, sadly, you're not always going to have a police officer. Hell, I was in the mall near my house uh, back in, in, um, in New York. Uh, and there was this guy, he seemed a little bit mentally disturbed. He was calling, yelling for security. In New York? I mean, mentally yes. disturbed in New York? No way! <laughs> and we were looking for a security officer of the police that typically roams around, and there wasn't anyone there. And he was, uh, this guy approached the uh, the cleaning lady that was there, and I was with her, and I just, like, stood by her to make sure that nothing happened. And I was like, yeah, what, what, what can I help you with? Um, because, you know, the, you just, you, there was no one there to guarantee her safety. It was. It took the uh, a voluntary citizen to go and do that, and you know, God forbid, it, it escalated. You know, I didn't have anything on me, but we should be able to guarantee our own safety. And in Europe, people can't guarantee their own safety, and that's why they're banding together, and that's why uh, some extremist ideas are actually popping up throughout Europe. That's really what's happening. I mean, well, no, what that happens is Europe kind of overcorrected. So Europe mm -hmm. during World War II, we all know what happened. You know, Germany and the Nazis and all that stuff. We know we don't have to rehash the entire history of World War II. Most of most of Europe was destroyed throughout through warfare, and they overcorrected. They installed socialism in order to give people what they needed and all these other things. And then they said, you know, we had kind of a bad history with human rights and you know, kind of war and you know, killing Jews and all these other things. Let's overcorrect and become the most progressive area in the entire world, and it backfired. And it's the same thing that's going on in this country. That it's an overcorrection. Every time you have an overcorrection, it backfires. And once again, every action has an equal and opposite reaction. We talked about this a lot when we talk about Antifa. Is Antifa is the direct cause of the rise of the alt-right. The far left and all these groups are the direct cause of a growing movement in the alt-right. And once again, we disavow any alt-right movement, and we disavow anybody who pushes racism and division and violence against any group simply because they are, you know, an ethnic or religious or racial minority. Again, for the 10 millionth time. So please stop calling me a white supremacist all the time, people. It's really getting annoying. But for the 10 millionth time, we disavow every single one of them. But this is what happens. And they go... Oh my God, the alt-right is growing in this nation. It's like, well, you let Antifa run wild all over the country and you don't think people are going to get pissed off and start pushing back? It's exactly what happens. And so it's the same thing that happened in Europe. You allow this mass migration to go unchecked. People are pissed off and they go, you know, you have these roving, mig roving migrant gangs, like rape gangs, mm -hmm. growing in some of these nations. And you know what? People are sick of it. So what are they going to do? They're going to fight back. And how are they going to fight back? They're going to make a German-only group. They're going to make a Swedish-only group. And that group is going to be responsible for protecting Swedish people. That's what they do. It's a natural human reaction. It is. Yeah, I mean, you when you have 
there's a difference between people emigrating to a country uh, to become part of that country to assimilate versus people going to violently spread what they believe to be right. Um, and if you look at the American left, the American radical left, or uh, the radical uh, fundamentalists that you see throughout Europe, you'll find that it's just a res it's, it just really became a response. I mean, here you look at Antifa, you look at Black Lives Matter, and what were they doing? Uh, they, the, one of the first renditions of Black Lives Matter to come out had the infamous chant that we're going down Fifth Avenue, pigs in a blanket frying like bacon. You're literally threatening the lives of your law enforcement. You're threatening a, the, uh, the justice system, which is ideally, I would say, a cornerstone uh, of, our, of our republic. Uh, you know, we are, we are a country of laws. We started off that way to ensure liberty and the pursuit of happiness. And you're attacking an institution that is made, and I don't, you know, I'm sure that there will be some people that will, you know, try and debate me on this, but an institution, I'd say the police department ha is generally there to enforce the law and to protect those who are not able to protect themselves. Uh, and you're attacking the institution. And then for years that escalates to now where you have situations like in Portland where they're attacking uh, federal court uh, courthouses for now, what is it, like a year now, a little bit over a year, uh, where you have anarchists now running through the country. And the same thing could be said for Europe. Uh, you, you find that a lot of people are now not going to take it anymore. And that's where you have a rise. And that's where you have that difference. Because as much as I don't like the alt-right, I don't think they're nearly as much of an issue as what we've seen with the radical left. And we can maybe go one step and say, maybe, maybe the first wave of people to enter the capital. Maybe we can, maybe we can label that as alt-right. That was one instance. That was a very big instance, yes. But that was one instance versus the summer of love that we just experienced here in the United States for so many months. And now they're still they're burning down federal buildings, Gabe. They're, they're still to do it burning now. down federal buildings. They're starting to do it now. If 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 Chauvin doesn't get convicted, and if he doesn't put get put in the electric chair, to the to the extent that these the, these people want, they're threatening to go again. And in that's Europe, a whole nother episode. We got to do a whole nother episode on that trial because that is another complete just insanity that is just asking for. And listen, whatever justice is, it will be done. Whatever the evidence shows, it will be done. I'm not saying one way or the other. I haven't really reviewed the evidence that they've been presenting. I watched some of the trial, but listen, if he's not convicted of first degree murder and people burn down a city, guess who's wrong? The people who burn down the city. Let's just be just real. Breathes more, it just breeds more uh, conflict, more potential conflict. If I see people that are going to go into my community, not to raise awareness, not to hand out pamphlets, and this is how we can stand in solidarity unity, not that, none of that stuff. If they're here to just burn down homes, to burn down businesses, to harass and assault people, yeah, that's going to, that's going to, you know, well, the community Gabe, if your, whole, if your whole mission is to burn down the system. And to install what they, they, they've been open about it. They are Marxists. They've said it many times. I don't know why people keep covering for them. They want to be known as Marxists. If, they're, if they're, the whole job is to destroy America and install a Marxist society, then why not burn down every business and every home? It doesn't matter. Because the government will take over and install a Marxist regime. That, that's what they want. So they don't and care. And these are the same people that, that have like resist. In their in their bios, you know, we got to resist Trump and resist. Yeah, we we just we we know that that every single Marxist is just a complete moron. They, we and know we know that it, it, it's a flawed ideology from the start. They're all mm -hmm. idiots. 
Well, you can also see them on social media, especially on Twitter. If they, as soon as I see like the pronouns, I'm like, ah, there's, there's no having a. No, you know what the best is? So I was on, I was, uh, I was on Instagram. A little side note before we get into the next part. Yeah, I know, I know. Cole's in the Chaz. It's just a complete garbage. That whole thing was a disaster. But I was so I'm oh. on his Instagram. It comes up, and it's one of those dudes. You know how he likes to post like the like the dudes who like pretend to be like woke and they're leftists and they push communism. And it's this really skinny guy with a hammer and sickle tattoo on his chest. Oh, and it, his yeah. caption is something like, "When you're super woke," and I was like, "No, no, that's what you look like when you're on communism because you don't have enough food to eat." <laughs> I was like, "This is what it is. Like it's failed everywhere. Oh no, but it'll work here." You're dumb. I'm sorry. You're dumb. These are dumb people. They're dumb. And listen, it doesn't mean you're a bad person. It means you're dumb. It does. In terms of politics, in terms of governmental systems, in terms of economics, you're dumb. You don't know what you're, you're talking about. Misled. No. You, you right. fall you, into you the say lie. misled, I say dumb. We'll, no, we'll, just, we'll just go with that. But let's move on to New York. All right. So we'll quickly hit on the vaccine passports, which I think is one of the stupidest things in the entire world. And is absolutely ridiculous, and I will not be participating in that at all. And then we will move into Lee Zeldin's run for governor. But Gabe, I know you left New York, you coward. But vaccine passports. Now, everyone is kind of mis misrepresenting this a little bit. So a lot of stories will say you must get vaccinated in order to rejoin society. And it's not necessarily true, okay? While I do not agree with the vaccine passport, it is not vaccinate or stay at home. That's not what it is. So what they're saying is it's a proof of vaccine or proof of a negative test. Now, while I still think it's kind of, it's absolutely ridiculous and should not be done in the first place, it is not vaccinate or stay home. That is not what's going on. So if I wanted to go to a Rangers game, I would have to show proof of, of a negative test. I'm not getting the vaccine, so it doesn't matter. Proof of a negative test within six hours of the event. Still ridiculous, but it's not vaccinate or stay home. So there has been an overreaction. There are those clickbait titles where it's vaccinate or, you know, like, it's like, show me your papers, which again, I think it's still ridiculous. And I think it should not be done within the United States. We don't do that here. It's completely different if you're traveling to a third world country where they still have, you know, polio and malaria. It's, you know, these things are very different than me as a healthy human being wanting to go watch a hockey game. And needing to show proof of vaccination. I think that's absolutely ridiculous. Or proof of a negative test. I think it's absolutely ridiculous. At some point, you have to take control over your own life. We can't. We've been living scared for over a year. At this point, it's ridiculous. And people need to start pushing back. Gabe, how do you feel about the vaccine passports? And uh, we already know that Florida and Texas have already banned them. Right. Which I think is a great step, uh, actually. Uh, but for those who might not know, I am fully recovered from a recent bout with the Wu flu. Uh, I, I caught it. Yeah, I caught it. I caught the the COVID nineteen, the virus that came from China. Not the All my co-hosts virus, get COVID. Came. I don't understand what it is. <laughs> well, Tack got I, it. You got it. Yeah. Well, I got it. I got the. You know, I, I won my bout uh, with it. Wasn't you know really Tack the nausea alive, was the worst. Thing. Tack also won his battle with with COVID. Tack is not dead. All right. Yeah. <laughs> he just so has the worst. working all the time. <laughs> yeah, the worst thing I'd say from it was like the nausea. Uh, that's like the worst. But aside from that, uh, I want to see why no one's talking about the antibodies. I'm pretty sure that now that I that I beat it, I have some sort of antibodies, and I think that I should be able to present that 
if I want to. I don't care if it's for three months or for eight months or for or if I'm just immune forever. Um, that should also be an option if we will be going down this route because if it is the whole my body, my choice, and this would be very interesting where the feminists will go with this one, but if it truly is my body, my choice, I shouldn't be forced to get a vaccine passport or anything like that, uh, you know, to, to divulge my medical information. Uh, but so don't you care about everybody else's health, Gabe? Don't you care about everybody else in the entire country? They can't get me sick grandmother? anymore. I, <laughs> she's like, my grandmother I mean, passed away like 10 years ago. It's, it's fine. She's, 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 not, she's not alive anymore. Ah, Rest in peace. I love you, Grandma. But, it, like you said, but Gabe, you love to say it, right? If the leftists didn't have double standards, they wouldn't have any at all. Right. It's when they want it, how they want it, and that's it. It's only what works with their agenda. Mm -hmm. But they're gonna they're gonna push they're gonna this, push and this. they're gonna say it was for the betterment of society. We already have people, uh, some colonists, columnists from like you know, Wall Street Journal, from Salon, coming out saying, "I think this is a great idea, and it doesn't violate civil liberties." Uh, well, we already had violations of civil liberties. Exactly. Um, <laughs> as soon as I tested positive, I started getting wonderful calls from uh, from people in New York, uh, and they were like, "Yes, we are contact tracers." I was like. I didn't contact you. Well, uh, don't worry. You're, you're, uh, where you got your, your doctor and um, wherever you got your test from, they, they divulge that information to the state. I'm like, wait a second. That's not right. They're like, oh, well, we're calling you to, to see if you want to go to a hotel or anything like that. I was like, you know, I personally don't really feel too comfortable talking to people because God, you know, sure, they say who they are, but we all have those like, you know, weird scam calls like, hey, we need your social security number. We need your bank account number because you were breached or whatever. Like, there's so many scams out there. And also, I don't feel comfortable with people from the state coming to tell me, hey, guess what? Um, you know, we have these services for you that you didn't request. And we have your, you know, your, your address locked down in case, you know, you, you go anywhere. And at that point, I was like, yeah, you well, come with I'll, us now. Yeah. I was like, papers, please. No, but. It's in the I, box car. It is for your safety. We will cause the COVID. Step into the shower, you'll be clean. T today is also Holocaust Remembrance Day. I'm Jewish. So. I'm allowed to do it. It's fine. Don't forget, people. I'm Jewish. Never again is what I will yeah, say. Never, exactly. That's, again, why we must maintain control of our firearms. Why we have to resist vaccine passports. You can't say never again and then go, yeah, no, you should ban guns. Hitler, first yeah. thing they did, they, they took guns away from everyone who wasn't a German citizen. Guess who weren't German citizens after the Nuremberg Laws? Jews. Guess who they rounded up in boxcars and murdered in the streets and killed in the gas chambers? The Jews. History repeats itself unless we stand against it. If you do not learn from it, you are doomed to repeat it. It is a fact. It's happened in every tyrannical government in the history of the world. You know where that didn't happen? The United States. That you know what? No, hold on. Before, before. I got I'm, gonna, I'm Michael Ferrer right now. Right now, Michael Ferreira, yes, 100% gave. You should have told them to go at themselves. I didn't even answer the phone when they called me. I didn't even answer the phone. They're like, oh, we're contact tracers. We're going to send someone to your house if you don't answer. I was like, send somebody. Send oh, somebody. No, I, See, watch I, I open the door. I rejected their phone calls, but I was a little bit more cordial. I did freak them out, though, because I was like, I'm no longer in New York. It's spread. <laughs> Getting <I> quarantined. <laughs> but I, I felt I like the super spreader. Yeah, no, I felt I felt the terror on the other end of the line. No, but I, I quarantine. Everything is good. And it's just this isn't something that if people are now just starting to get upset, oh now the passport. Like we've allowed it, I'd say generally, 
for it to get to this point. People have allowed it as a whole because they wanted to do the whole, they wanted to put the idea of excessive safety over a person's individual uh, liberty and civil, you know, civil rights, I guess you can, you can say. Uh, and it starts off with just saying it's for your own good. And then it becomes, well, it's what's in our best interest for us. I took zinc. It's literally I what took they told vitamins. the Jews in World War II. It's literally took, what they told us in World War II in Germany. Yeah, it's for your it's own for good. Your That's own mm -hmm. I took zinc. I took a Z-pack. I took uh, vitamin C, uh, vitamin D. Um, and within, yeah, after I started, after I was on that, boom, I was good. Doctor recommended me these vitamins. I was, you know, and, and the antibiotic. And I was great. I was like, wow, you know, now I have this immunity. But I can almost guarantee you that doesn't matter to them. What matters to them is that they fill their number to make sure that, as Biden said, if we all do our part, then maybe, then maybe we'll, we'll I'll let you have a nice 4th of July. And I promise you, it'll be special. I'm, like, I'm having as many people as will fit in my backyard over on the 4th of July. So if you're interested, please send me an email at evan at empirestateconcernnetwork.com. I'll put you on a list. It's a big backyard. It's a nice backyard. It is, it is a big backyard. And we have a wall. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, this is the point that we've gotten to. Uh, and again, people just really need to understand that the more you give in, the more that the people feel that they have the ability to take this stuff away from you. And remember, your representatives, your local officials work for you. As much as it doesn't seem like it, they do work for you. I can almost guarantee, like, you, you could go into their office and just tell them, I'm not leaving until, well, eventually you'll leave. But remind you can them, them, remind them that remind they work for you. Yeah. I'd say so. Ah. Goodness. But speaking of people oh. that work for us, let's talk about Lee Zeldin officially announcing his run for governor of New York. Now, once again, it is New York. We haven't had a Republican governor in a while, but anything is possible. Lee Zeldin does have the name recognition to go against Cuomo. Um, I don't think he's another Mark Molinaro. If he, if he ends up being another Mark Molinaro, I'd be very upset. But Mark Molinaro, as much as people say he's a nice guy, this is a guy who, who supported the SAFE Act. This is a guy who basically kowtowed to Cuomo during debates. It was a complete disaster. It was They were not trying to win the seat of governor. It was not going to happen. Gabe, how do you feel about this Lee Zeldin run? I know he's a veteran. I know he's shown that he's willing to speak up. He, over the last few years, he has been was a very big supporter of President Trump. And uh, where do you see this going? Uh, let's talk about Lieutenant Colonel of the U.S. Army Reserves in New York, Lee Zeldin. I'm excited. Honestly, I, I am thoroughly excited and uh, happy that he announced. Um, that was a lot. I know a lot of rumors were circulating. I got to say the biggest hit drops down there uh, that this was going to happen was from the Urban Conservatives. Uh, wonderful host over there because they work sure. with the Long Island GOP out there in Suffolk. So... Uh, as soon as I started hearing them talking about Raheem and talking about the uh, about possibly running, I was like, "This this might be great." Um, he is somebody who's been an ally to Trump. Uh, he's someone who said that he would uh, defend Trump, uh, you know, during the election fraud things. And and I'd say he he stuck by that. It was just the whole election, like to prove fraud, was just handled poorly. But Zeldin was a definite ally to the Trump administration. Uh, he's somebody who I'd say has is just widely respected 
throughout New York State. He does have the name recognition. He's uh, served his time in the New York State uh, Senate as well, prior to him being in Congress. This is somebody I, who I believe, if I'm not mistaken, is also, uh, was also, um, or is currently a military intelligence. So obviously, very, very bright guy. Um, and is just someone who I am excited for. I think he certainly is a fighter in every sense of the word. Uh, you know, this is an Iraqi war veteran here. Um, you know, this guy has you know, gone through, you know, at times to head him back. And I believe that this is the, the kind of person with gumption that we need in New York. Um, but I will say that there might he be. Chutzpah. He got chutzpah. Yeah, he's got chutzpah. But there's uh, also another bid, potentially, uh, for the Republican uh, nomination, even though Chairman Langworthy supports um, Zeldin. Uh, Andrew Giuliani, Rudy Giuliani's son, has announced. I saw that. I yesterday. feel like he should run. He should run for mayor of New York. I feel like that'd be a better move. And we could have Zeldin and Giuliani. That would be the kind. I mean, kind of like the dream team right there, because mm-hmm. the Blasio is just the goddamn worst. Yeah, no, I think uh, Giuliani, uh, little Giuliani, is. Uh, I think it's more so of a of a a vibe for attention because I think he's more of that old guard. Um, kind of like establishment. He just gives me off that vibe uh, with the way that he spoke to the Washington Examiner, just saying, oh, yeah, I have the GOP support. Meanwhile, the chairman of the, of, New York, of the New York State Republican Party, Nick Langworthy, is supporting Zeldin and was supporting Zeldin, uh, encouraging him to do so before he even made the decision. He's like, I think you'd be good against Cuomo. And I think he's certainly good. He's a, you know, he also has a lot of legal knowledge uh, to him. Uh, and is, you know, someone who I say, again, is, is very bright, and I think he has the ability to go on the offensive when necessary. Uh, and I think that's a quality a lot of Republicans in New York especially need to get them through to turn New York State. And what, how, what percentage did Trump uh, win uh, New York State? I think it's something like 46%, uh, something like that. Yeah, so he won about half, uh, almost. It was he close almost to won. half. Yeah. So it, this is, a, and this is somebody who I think also, when you're talking about New York, for governor, you see that a lot of the times it's downstate, it's Long Island and New York City that hold back more so New York City than anything else that hold back the state from flipping. So if you already have someone that's downstate and they just push through, uh, you know, downstate and campaign downstate, and to the people who are really ticked off, because I don't think many people in New York City like New, like New York City, I don't find really cares about governor. They don't really care about Cuomo. They care about De Blasio. And, you know, the whole little circus that's happening down the city level because you don't really have the interaction until, you know. Cuomo didn't even do that well. Cuomo didn't even do that well last election. It was very low voter turnout for governor. Mm -hmm. People don't really care. But if you have somebody that starts off downstate and works his way up and then back down again and focuses downstate, I don't think that Zelda should have any issue, uh, you know, not only winning in a primary but also taking out Cuomo. Cuomo right now is at his weakest, I'd say, politically, and I think he has a great shot. And we listen, I'm very glad. I hadn't heard this about Langworthy, um, but I'm very glad that Langworthy is looking to support Lee Zeldin. You know, we've, uh, you know my views on the New York GOP. It, I feel like they don't care about winning any race ever. I feel like it's about collecting money and doing what they want with that money, and that's it. It's collect donations, collect campaign funds, and redistribute it. And they really don't care about winning because if they cared about winning, then they would support candidates that people clearly care about. Or they would run primaries and not threaten people to not be, you know, run because they don't want to be have primaries. 
But this support for an actual candidate who has a legitimate shot at winning, hopefully it shows a change in the strategy of the New York GOP. Because honestly, it, they've been horrible. They've been horrible. They've had no balls. And they've been pushing forward candidates that no one wants to vote for. And it's shown by the fact that New York went from a mostly red legislature, which it was, most of the state was red, to almost entirely blue. Right now, New York needs this. They need to attack the state level. Right now, I think the, the way that if I were anywhere in the higher echelons of the New York State GOP, I would say we need to focus heavily, heavily, heavily on city council and the mayoral and the city elections in New York State. Sorry, New York City uh, to try and flip over the people. I think you know, Staten Island, Trump, Trump country. Queens, almost. And Trump did make headways with the Hispanic American community. These are things that should be targeted. And then if we can win maybe two and a half out of the five boroughs, and uh, like it would, with borough president's positions and with, uh, you know, elect a couple more city council, those are people that are on the ground, front line, that are there spreading conservative and Republican ideals and making reforms and fighting in city hall. You get a lot of press down in New York City. A lot of press on, on, on your races and what it is that you're doing. You have so many news stations and channels that can pick you up like that. And it's very important. That's why you have people like Vicky Palladino that's out there in Queens, you know, fighting back. Uh, you, you know, you have Curtis Sliwa running for New York City mayor. Um, and these are things that, you know, listen, the GOP has to, has to eventually say, you know, look who has the best chance of winning and ultimately go with them. Um, and from there, start grooming people, start prepping people. Uh, to start uh, to run for New York State Assembly and State Senate. Because, you know, God forbid that we lose in the governor's uh, race, we still have a, a stronger legislative branch, which can try and stop Cuomo. God forbid he wins again. And we had a lot of people who were doing very well before the mail-in ballots came in. Jamie Silvestri was up. George Santos was up. All these people were up. I know George Santos was running at the federal level, but Dave Franklin was also up before mail-in ballots came in. I mean... These are grassroots people, people running for the first time who really, you know, the citizens said, hey, we appreciate what the message is. We appreciate going in the other direction because we see what's going on is not working. And I honestly think I think Zeldin is the best choice for the Republicans to run for governor. I think he's going to win Suffolk County. He has an amazing chance to win Nassau County outright if he can take part of New York City, if he can take part of Westchester, Rockland. He has an extremely good chance of winning this race. Cuomo is wildly unpopular. I think it, this is now that this is the chance that we have to really, you know, knock the crown off the emperor's head. And I think Zeldin is the guy, definitely the guy to do it. Mm -hmm. There is a, there's good. There are a lot of people I would say are that are excited about the prospect of Zeldin uh, running, and I think that'll invigorate a lot of people. Uh, I say that they need to capitalize on that, get as many people on the ground as they can, passing out literature, volunteering in the city, uh, you know, elections. Zelda needs to start, I think, you know, and like I said, smart guy, I'm pretty sure he has a lot of intelligent people behind him, but they need to, he needs to start campaigning with these people that are working at the city level and at the county levels throughout and say, listen, you know, you help me get elected, I'll support you, I'll, you know, I'll put up your signs everywhere in my county, in my, you know, my district, wherever. That needs to start happening. Uh, to really and, and really capitalize off of this excitement, because I got to say, not too many people 
I, I know that you and I would talk, you know, off camera and be like, who the heck could run against this guy? Who the hell can run against the emperor? Um, and, you know, I, you know, I, I think that we've said like, you know, jokingly, like maybe someone, maybe a Trump, maybe like Don Jr. But I think that if, especially if Trump comes out to New York and, you know, to make a statement or, you know, release a statement, doesn't have to come down. But if he shows his support for Zeldin, that 45%, you just need a, a couple of, you just need a couple of counties to flip at that point. And then you, and it's you know, not during a presidential election, so you're going to have low turnout anyway in terms of overall. All you need mm -hmm. to do is get the Republicans and independents out there and the libertari libertarians. Lee Zeldin's your best chance to get rid of Cuomo. All right. Lee Zeldin's your best chance to get rid of the safe fact. Before Lee Zeldin was running, I was all in for Sheriff Mike because if it was going to be Mike, Mark Molinaro, whatever his name is, I always figure, <laughs> I can't remember if it's Mike or Mark. Mark Molinaro, right? It's Mark. Yeah. Yeah. That that wasn't that wasn't gonna happen. So that that was Sheriff Mike. Lee Zeldin has the name recognition. Lee Zeldin can win. Okay. Lee Zeldin is our best chance to get rid of the safe act and save this state once and for all, hopefully. But it's we we have we need that he has to have that ground game. And I think an endorsement from President Trump would be huge, huge for Lee Zeldin. But let's move on to our last segment with 19 minutes, 19, 18 and a half minutes left. Um, apparently the New York state legislature full, again, full of Democrats thought it was good while billions of dollars in debt to spend $2.5 billion on giving payments to illegal immigrants. I'm sorry. They said undocumented workers, but they're illegal immigrants, um, because they didn't get stimulus checks because they don't pay taxes because they're not supposed to be here. Uh, a state that is billions of dollars in debt should not be spending billions of dollars giving money to people who don't pay taxes. This is my tax money up until, what was it, last week? This was Gabe's tax money. This is your tax money at home if you live in New York. Being given to people who do not contribute to the system, who are not supposed to be here. Listen, again, doesn't mean they're bad people, but they're not supposed to be here. They should not be getting my money. They should not be getting your money. That is the end of the story. But this is what they have done. It's up to $15,000 payments to illegal immigrants as part of their stimulus. And this passed. Gabe, like, is this just an entire flaw with leftist ideology that they don't understand money or where money comes from? Because if I had negative, like, $12 billion, I wouldn't be spending $2 billion giving free money to people. It just doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. So the idea is that if you're undocumented in the United States, uh, but you can prove that Illegal. you're a resident, <laughs> if you can prove that you're a resident of New York, but you couldn't apply for unemployment benefits because you didn't qualify because you never became a citizen or what have you, that's where this fifteen thousand six hundred dollars is going to come from. It's going to be seen as like unemployment stimulus. Um, now, but wouldn't you need ID in order to prove that? And isn't that racist, as we all know now, because of Georgia? Well, remember, uh, Biden doesn't believe us brown people uh, can actually go on the Internet and, and look up where we can get our uh, vaccines. So You Latinx uh, people, right? Yeah, yeah Latinx sure. sounds like a tampon for Hispanic women. It really does. I heard it on the crowd. They started calling it Latinx. I'm like, that just really just sounds like a tampon. That's actually that 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 might be a great company to, to one day create. But you had you missed your chance to say for a Latinas. 
Ah, Latinx, Latinx for Latino. Yeah, but it's okay. But or Latinos, if you identify as having your period. <laughs> or you've just had too much, you know, that sauce from Taco Bell and you need to stop the diarrhea. Listen, don't 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 start attacking Taco Bell, right? Great, great deals, great food. But aside from that, when it comes to yeah, the Hispanics are putting Taco Bell. Um, so when it comes to this, uh, this uh, you know, this reimbursement or not this reimbursement, but this unemployment benefits, uh, I really, you're not if you're not here to, as as a citizen, and I understand you're still working. This just highlights that the left has created second class citizens, where they can work enough for them to get paid, but not nearly as much or nearly have benefits as a citizen or a per, or a permanent resident even. Uh, so with that being said, you create a second class tier of citizens and then out of nowhere, you take taxpayer dollars to give 15,000 up to $15,600 uh, to them because you didn't fix the problem in the first place. You decide to give these uh, you know illegal migrants $15,600 when they didn't have that ability for citizenship because the Democrats never fought for it in the first place. This whole idea of, you know, the dreamers and we got to keep everyone and this is a country of immigrants, that all falls on deaf ears when you're creating a, a, a second tier of, of Americans who, who you can't even really legally call them by definition Americans. But that's what they and want. And that's where they have to go for help. They and they don't the have the same benefits. But that's and what they want horrible. them subclass. They want them dependent mm -hmm. on the government, and they don't want to give them citizenship because if you gave them citizenship, they could get legitimate jobs for legitimate wages. They could get unemployment. They can get these other things. They could get proper health care as opposed to the free health care, you know, because the free health care is so much better than getting a job that will actually give you health benefits if you are a citizen. And mm -hmm. they'll give you free monthly stuff, and that's it. They want you to depend on the government, and then we'll give you, you know, you don't need ID to vote, so here's a name and a social security number. Go vote Democrat. And then mm -hmm. all the rich white women who want, you know, who feel bad that they're rich and that their husbands made millions of dollars go, oh, I want to support them, so I'm going to vote for the Democrats because they're going to give the poor people all these things. You're not mm -hmm. helping poor people by giving them a handout. You're not, you're not incentivizing them to work harder. You're not incentivizing them to, you're not incentivizing illegals to become citizens when you give them everything when they're not citizens. When you mm -hmm. take away, you're not giving them the carrot and you're not giving them the stick. You're just handing right. them something and walking away. That's it. There's no uh -huh. motivation. Mm -hmm. This will potentially target up to 300,000 people within New York State. Um, about, and this is per, um, this is per The Guardian. Uh, about 92,000 workers in New York State will be eligible to receive the full uh, $15,600 payment. Now, I'm, I'm saying this because our Twitch viewer, Carlton, says or asks the question, what do you think when people accuse you of being unkind, inhumane, uh, no compassion, unchristian, uh, and when you don't have a heart, etc., when you say you don't approve of illegals receiving monetary help? Well, I'm Jewish. So, that's, my first, that's usually my first response. <laughs> oh, my God. But the idea is the government doesn't create any, any sort of wealth. The government takes money and then tries to redistribute it and says that we, we're giving this uh, to you. So this isn't like there's this you know, private fund. And there are nonprofits out there that will assist 
and you know even the church will will assist people and uh, getting a job and getting a pathway to citizenship and ensuring that they do receive benefits but this isn't coming from them this is coming from the government that's taking you know our you know money and giving it to people who either haven't had the chance because there needs to be reform on immigration uh, haven't had the chance or the ability to uh, you know seek citizenship or people who just don't really want to seek citizenship work here uh, make as much money as they can and then take that money back to their country of origin so it's not being un it's not being unkind and humane and uh, you know unchristian like um because those are all emotional arguments that i can't necessarily argue with somebody and you know i can look at it from maybe a humanitarian perspective and i can say yeah you know this kind of things and that's why i say we need reform on immigration and under this administration we're never going to see that because and and even looking from a policy and humanitarian perspective that's why i've said that you're creating a second tier class of citizens that if and when you find a way to actually reform instead of just say we're going to make everybody you know legal as how biden has proposed before you're going to essentially be buying off people to vote and that's where you have to change the idea from an emotional conversation to one on policy and to one where we can both agree because i can't one can say that this is cruel and inhumane and unjust and the other can say that this is just and we can't necessarily argue on that front we're not gonna because morality is never going to necessarily push the push the, the the needle on policy if you look at it from a logical perspective and saying well listen you're creating a second tier citizens who don't have benefits who don't have equal access to health care who don't have anything that you say that you want then you need to fix this and rectify so that you're not just paying people to, to essentially keep quiet because you forgot about them during the pandemic but it also comes down to this and we've i bring this quote up a lot because it's very good um believe it was thomas jefferson it's the government that's big enough to give you everything you want is also big enough to take it all away and if this would happen in the soviet union is the government responsible for, for for providing everyone with everything and then the government collapsed and now you can't fend for yourself because you had nothing right you were staying at home or you were working one little part-time job and you were only making it by because the government was giving you money or the government was giving you food and now the government's gone well, the government decides hey we're not doing this anymore then you're screwed you cannot be, if you are dependent on the government, you are at their mercy. You are not free. If you are at the government's mercy, you are not free. And if the government collapses, or the government decides we're not doing this anymore, you're screwed. So I don't want anyone getting government handouts. I am a firm believer in reducing tax rates immensely. A flat tax of 15% would be huge, would be more than sufficient to run the government properly. Okay, we all know this. Go back to the Peter episodes. He discussed this in great depth, and I fall asleep when I listen to them. But he goes into it. Flats at 15% across the board would fund the government. The government, when they don't have enough money, needs to stop spending money. Not raise taxes. Stop spending money you don't have. It's not your money. It's my money. You take it. And then, in April, you tell me I owe you more money. Not this year, though. But you need to owe you more money. Who the hell do you think you are? You take my money every week in my paycheck. And then you're going to tell me I owe you more? This is the problem, okay? Dependence on the government is the problem. We need to get people not dependent on the government. Government is inherently flawed. Why? It is made up of people. And it is also made up of people who believe that they are better than other people and that they can be in charge of everyone else. 
This is why go big government fails. This is why big government is completely useless. As we all know, the biggest government in the world is the UN, and they are 100% useless. Okay, the far the more people you are governing over, the less useful you are, and the more detached you are from the needs of the people. So we don't want people dependent on the government. Every single person who is an illegal, I listen. I'm all for get, for granting people citizenship. Make them pay taxes. Make them, you know, get buy completely into the system. My grandfather came here at 13. He paid taxes. He worked his entire life. He learned English. He assimilated into society while keeping his while keeping his own culture. He did both. But we can't have government handout over handout over handout because we can't we just can't do it anymore. We really can't. The money is not there. They're playing with monopoly money now, and we're the ones that are going to pay for it. You have people here who aren't supposed to be here getting handouts, $15,000, $15,000. You don't even have to prove that you were laid off. If you worked as an elite and you were illegal throughout this entire thing, all you do is prove you're illegal. You get $15,000. My tax money, they gave me what? $3,000 back over the last year? Yep. Not even. Mm -hmm. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. And I pay taxes. I pay way too many taxes. That's the problem. It's not, it's, Thomas Sowell has, an, I feel like I just keep quoting people, but Thomas Sowell has a great quote. He goes, I never understood why it was selfish to want to keep my money, but not greedy to take. Oh, it was greedy to keep my own money, but not greedy to take somebody else's. That's it. If you earn it, you should keep more of it. And it should not be given to other people. That's it. The government's job is not to decide who gets what. Their job is to protect your rights. That's it. That is their job. And they forgot that. Agreed. I'm glad that we're back. Me too. I had a lot of fun. Very sweaty yes. though. I'm a yeah, fan. So it's because you're taking all those supplements. That's my vitality supplements. No, I'm getting shoulder surgery next week. I'm not taking any supplements. I've been doing my push-up workout, man. I had to get as I had to get as much muscle on as possible for the shoulder surgery, so I could lose it all and become depressed. <laughs> no, certainly. Hopefully. Facebook will uh, will you know reinstate us on our on our bigger page, uh, God willing. I don't think so, but you know, hopefully. I don't think so they said thirty days, and that was like forty days ago. Yeah, hence why we haven't been doing our show. But that's okay. More people like to watch it from my Facebook page, anyways. So I win oh, again. You're so, you're so full of yourself. All right, no. but before we have to go, Gabe, why don't you tell the people where they can find you online? All right. So I used to be so good at this. All right. So if you're on uh, Instagram, you can find me at Baron.Montalvo on Twitter at Baron underscore Montalvo. That's B-A-R-O-N. Um, if you need some news for the day, check uh, what I write and all the other fabulous writers and editors uh, at America Now uh, News. Uh, check us out on the America Now app or on the website at AmericaNow.com. Uh, you can also, if you are in New York State, you can join the New York Young Republicans at nyyrc.com. It is the premier Republican club in the country. Uh, and also on all the social media handles at nyyrc. And I think that's it. Oh, yes. And if you're on Facebook, type in my, to find my Facebook page at the Baron Montavo. Thank you so much. All right, guys, so you can actually still follow our Facebook page at Empire State Conservatives. We just can't go live, at least for probably another like five days. Follow us on Instagram at underscore Empire State Conservatives. 
on Twitter at Empire State Cons. And make sure you visit our website, EmpireStakeConservativeNetwork.com. It has links to all of our shows. It is up, going to be up at least for the next month. We might be switching to a store-only site because Gabe is now writing for America Now and I'm too lazy to write. But everything that would have been posted on the website will be posted to a page, but we do still do have our store. Once again, if you want to support us, that is the best way to support us. Everything we do takes money. It all comes out of our pocket. We are not looking to turn a profit. We are looking to help fix New York, even though Gabe's in Pennsylvania. He doesn't get a say in this because he's just a co-host. But our store, you visit our store. We have some of the best merch around. Don't let fear take your freedom shirts. Everything else that's on there, it's all amazing. Just order some and you will see liberals cry. So for that, Gabe is the worst person on the planet. And no, I'm kidding. <laughs> so for that, Lee Zeldin for governor. And don't let fear take your freedom. Thank you.